Welcome to the Vandal Insider Podcast, presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. Let the team that takes care of the Vandals take care of you. Get the latest information on University of Idaho athletics you won't find anywhere else with the Vandal Insider Podcast. From in-depth conversations to game previews, the Vandal Insider is every fan source for all things Idaho athletics. Now, here is your host, Chris Keene. Welcome into the Vandal Insider Podcast. We are wrapping up the football season as it came to a close for the Vandals in that quarterfinal matchup to you, Albany. And shoot, we're talking Vandal hoops. This has been a really impressive stretch for Vandal hoops, both the men and the women. The women hanging top uh, with the University of Oregon. And then the men, uh, we are going to talk some hoops, not only about this stretch of three straight victories, winning four of the last five, a big road win in the last outing against Utah Tech. Uh, we'll talk about our guests here. So on the hoop side, we'll have associate head coach for the University of Idaho men's basketball team, Brandon Laird, joining us. A uh, great addition to the staff. What a, uh, what experience and what kind of a point of view he brings uh, that we'll get into with him because he spent a number of years as the associate head coach at Sac State. So he was on the opposing sideline going up against Idaho for many years and coming to town as an opposing coach for many years. And he spent a whole season as the interim coach for Sac State. Uh, that year, Sac State actually eliminated Idaho from the Big Sky Tournament. So uh, just has a, a great amount of experience, a big part of the staff. Uh, for Alex Pribble and a uh, fun conversation with him and our first interview that we'll have as we, you know, put a bow on the football season. Who better to talk to? As we mentioned, this is a stretch for Vandal football, uh, making the playoffs back to back years. Who was the last coach that took the Vandal football program to the FCS playoffs? Chris Tormey. Chris Tormey will be our guest. So the time is a Vandal football player as a successful Idaho assistant coach, as a very successful Idaho head coach. We'll not only talk about uh, what his thoughts are on the season, got to go to a couple of games this year. He said he watched every single game and, uh, you know, his talks with Jason Eck, uh, his perspective on the Vandal football program right now. And it's the 25th anniversary of that humanitarian bowl team. So we'll we'll get his thoughts on that as well. So Chris Tormey will be our first guest. Brandon Laird will be our second guest, as even though we're kind of transitioning out of football a little bit, there's still plenty to talk about with football. We'll get to all of it. And we've got this exciting time for hoops and uh, great seeing the turnouts at the P1FCU Kibbe Dome. Can't wait to see the turnouts uh, when conference play rolls around. Obviously, an outstanding turnout uh, the day of the Southern Illinois football game when the men's basketball team played uh, uh, Cal Poly. Uh, so excited for, for all that to kind of grow in this positive momentum uh, to keep building and building for Vandal Athletics. A reminder that uh, the Vandal Insider Podcast is presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman is the Vandals team physician, orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Kyle Hazelwood cares for elite athletes, weekend warriors, and everyone in between. Let the team that takes care of the Vandals take care of you. And we welcome in, as we always do, from the VSF, Chris Hammond. Chris, well, we're still kind of, uh, you know, recovering a little bit from Saturday. It's the end of the football season. Such an exciting run. And, uh, no matter when the season ends, it's always, there's this tinge of sadness because it was so much fun. It came to an end in the quarterfinals. The Vandals making the quarterfinals for just the fifth time in program history, back to back appearances in the playoffs. But it was a 30 to 22 loss to you, Albany. Chris, uh, what are your just kind of initial thoughts as we look back on Saturday and just the season as a whole? Looking back on Saturday, it was a one once again. I mean, all year we've you've gotten your money's worth at home with the uh, the Vandals. This one was tough. Um, you know, it's definitely not Ricardo's fault, but it's one of those where like you're so hard seeing that like ten points get left up on the board, but like then you look like it's like a forty six, a fifty three, and it's like yeah, we it only hurts because we know he can make those, but for any other college kicker, like. Yeah, you aren't expected to make those, and the team could have done so many other things that we didn't need those. Um, but man, that was just one of those games where uh, I, I think the coach's game planned super well. We everybody heard you saw it in the hype video that uh, they shot of Jason. Where I'm tired of hearing about their defense. Uh, well, I think they only ended up with one sack. Was it maybe one or two sacks? Like for how many sacks they had, everyone forgot that our offensive staff is pretty dang good at game planning, and they relied a lot on quick passes, quick slants, and, um, you know, maybe 
not quite enough offense production to pull away with this one, but I really liked our game plan. Uh, you get to see kind of how we're just a little bit more banged up than I think Albany was. And uh, that, that was a really good Albany team and might've been actually hampered by the fact that they're in the CAA this year. That's kind of been looked down upon a little bit. You know, that probably was a, a top four or top three team. I, we'll see this week how big a fight they can give South Dakota state. But I mean, watching them, they've got the offense, uh, both that wide receiver, running back, O-line, quarterback. I mean, they're deep at every single spot. Uh, I do, part of me thinks that we definitely played the better game. We just had slightly more mistakes, and they were just slightly bigger mistakes. But, I mean, play, playoffs are over. We'll move on to next season. We had one heck of a season this year, and I think the most reassuring thing is you talk about the season as a whole. Not a lot of uh, angry people that I've noticed and for in terms of uh, people that have reached out to me via text or, you know, on, on the Vandal Twitter sphere and all that. Everybody kind of seems to be galvanized and going, man, what a great season. Can't wait to see what the staff grows upon. Uh, hopefully we're able to keep this entire staff uh, intact and uh, move forward. Because I think if we keep this most of this staff intact, if not all of it, I mean, we're only going to grow. We were the youngest team in the playoffs this year. We showed incredible fight in every single game we just it's one of those where some guys just need reps and being able to go two games in the playoffs we got some of those reps so uh it's such a fun season to watch it's so crazy to think just a couple months ago we were down in beaumont texas and then we were in reno nevada and the season was just holy cow how good could we be and then we went about as far as i think uh most people realistically thought quarterfinals maybe semifinals and we, we were right there i mean we had a we had a shot to make the semifinals um with under a minute left, essentially, or a shot to get to the semifinals with under a minute left. It was incredibly hard, hard-fought season. Excited to see what we put together for 2024. Yeah, now one note, uh, the research being done looking at the two deeps so of those final eight teams still standing, Idaho the youngest. So uh, that goes to show a lot about uh, what this team has uh, coming back next year. Obviously, there's there's some departures, and that's the nature of the beast is college football these days. We'll get into that. Uh, a little bit coming up, but uh, uh, there is so much to be excited for. And uh, this team, you know, you kind of have to play your A game when you get to this point. You're going up against good opponents, and Idaho maybe didn't quite have their A game in their most crisp performance, and that uh, that will end up costing you. But uh, the Vandals are right there, and you just think about uh, less than two years ago at this point, or two years ago at this time, there was a coaching search taking place. And to think that in year one, uh, Jason Eck, his staff leading the Vandals to the playoffs year two, making it all the way to the quarterfinals. And you got to host the game of the quarterfinals. And I think a lot of credit goes to you, Albany. As you said, that's a good team. Uh, they kind of had, uh, you know, a tough hand dealt to them having to travel all the way out to Moscow, having to play a game that was pretty late. And they did what they, you know, needed to do in that game. So we'll see how they stack up against South Dakota State. But I think this Vandal team is, as Jason Eck has said, a couple of his themes when we talked to him on the post game show is, Hey, this is feedback. This is feedback for us on how to get better. And then he also has said, Hey, we plan on, on hosting more playoff games in the future. So he told Vandal fans to get used to this. So. Um, this staff, I know is chomping at the bit, uh, to get the, get guys better. Another off season, the weight room with some of those younger guys. And, you know, as, as senior days, you look at senior day, you know, there were not a ton of guys. I mean, like there are guys, but you look at the numbers, there's a lot of guys returning. Obviously there's some transfers out, uh, but certainly the staff has shown their ability to bring that talent in and to, to bring in some impact talent as well. So I just kind of want to express my, uh, how grateful I am for what, how great this season was and, and the crowds too. I thought the crowds were just absolutely phenomenal for those two playoff games. And it's hard on short notice. I know for folks coming from longer distances, the weather might not have been the most cooperative, especially for the Southern Illinois game. And to see that crowd, to see that energy there, uh, was off the charts and to think that that can be built upon and shoot think about this the first home game next year is against you albany they'll be coming back uh so can't wait for for that game and a fantastic crowd for it but some of the highlights from the year that nevada victory going on the road and just thumping nevada we'll talk about that with chris tormey he was on the sideline uh, no one was in the shoes of Chris Tormey in that game, former head coach of Idaho, former head coach of Nevada. We'll talk about that with Chris Tormey coming up. But the Sac State win, that was a big victory at home at the beginning of the year, topping Montana State. They were ranked number two in the country at the time. 
that beatdown of Idaho State, the Southern Illinois game, what a thriller it was, uh, having ESPN2 twice broadcast at the P1FCU Kibbe Dome to highlight the Dome, to highlight the program, to highlight Moscow. Uh, so many great things and just a lot that can be built upon into the future. I know this staff has big plans and, um, you know, this is a team that uh, this year was competing at the top of the big sky. Maybe not, you know, not number one ranked at any point in the season. But that's hard in a year like this with South Dakota State. But, uh, you know, I think this is a, a team that has the opportunity to be right up there uh, in that conversation year in and year out at the very top of the FCS and uh, another big off season for the team uh, to, to make that happen and to put in that work and uh, we'll blink and the fall will be here before we know it. Yeah. I, I think you, you nailed it. I mean, we've taken a step forward each of the past two years under Eck. We, we made the playoffs lost this year. We made the playoffs. Didn't have to even play in the second round. So you could say almost two steps forward and then we get a playoff win. We're just we're flirting there with the quarterfinals. Last year, you know, in conference, I think we finished fourth or fifth in conference. This year, we finished second. So, uh, Eck has taken, Eck and staff have taken a step forward every year, which just leads to the excitement. I think kind of that galvanization of the fan base of like, hey, you know, Saturday was rough, but late August, early September can't come soon enough. Yeah. Uh, I, I think this fan base will be ready. It's just so apropos that we have, you all would need to open the year next year. Just like hopefully get a rinse this taste that we had Saturday out of our mouth to start the season. Be like, all right, just put last year to bed right at the beginning of the home slate uh, uh, with the Kibbe Dome next year. So I know season ticket renewals are coming up here in the next month or so. So for those of you with tickets, be prepared, save a little bit of that money from the holidays, renew early. Uh, Cause I'm, you know, Jason's going to tell you and we need it. We need to get the dome full next year because um we can grow on what we did this year and really make the Kibbe Dome just such an incredibly tough place to play. It's already such a fun game day atmosphere, but we can make it a tough place to play. I think you saw our fan base really learn throughout the year on how, how to be loud, when to be loud, how to you know act when the team is on offense. Um, the marketing and game day operations staff did so much fun, cool things to keep people involved all, all game. I, I'm so excited to see the step we're able to take forward next year. It's going to be fun. And shoot, again, as we talked about, we'll speak with Brandon Laird, associate head coach for the Vandal men's basketball team. There's still a ton of Vandal fun uh, going on right now. The oh, Vandal yeah. women, they will be at home next. So they will have those next two home games. Uh, a good one on December 17th against Grand Canyon. They will have two non-conference home games left in the month of December. The Vandal men will open a conference play at home December 28th against Sac State, December 30th against Portland State. And we'll talk about this with Brandon Laird. The Vandal men have won three straight games, four of their last five, and that one loss was one that came right down to the wire. They only lost by two points. This is a team that only has one guy who is a senior who's been really strong, D'Lo Menace transferring from Western Washington. But this is a core of guys that they're building around that will be Vandals of the opportunity for more than one year. And here they are, that victory, the same day as the football playoff game, kind of same time, that road win against Utah Tech, that's a team that was 2-0 and in the whack. That is as good of a road non-conference victory as the Vandals have had in years. Three straight non-conference victories. The team's 6-4 and four right now, 4-4 four and four against Division One opponents, and then a chance at Stanford, at UC Riverside to wrap up non-conference play. There'll be one more non-conference game January 3rd when St. Thomas comes to town. So once December 28th hits, there'll be four straight games at home for the Vandal men. So I can't encourage people enough uh, who maybe don't have their plans already to go see the Vandal men, the Vandal women in action at home. You're not going to have a bad time at the ICCU Arena. And these teams have been fun to watch and to see this growth just this success already under first-year coaches for both. You you touched on the women's game, also an impressive showing against Oregon. I remember uh, I was with Terry Golick and some other people there um, what, Friday night, and we were following the game, and all of a sudden, you know, we're in it, we're in it, and then we're, like, scrambling to try to get Pac-12 Oregon on our phones and trying to get it up on a TV at the club so that we could take it. And at one point, we just had a, a phone with, like, 10 people around us just watching the Vandal women try to pull off that big upset over Oregon last weekend. But 
this men's and women's teams have been so much fun to watch. I'm so excited to see them get in the conference play because I think you're going to see basically what both coaches said. They didn't promise success out of the gate. They said, let us grow. I think both teams have shown you their ability that they each game, they just look better and better and better. And Exciting to think the noise that could be made by both programs uh, coming up. So with that, we'll remind you that the Vandal Insider podcast is presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. When he's not caring for the Vandals, his team physician, orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Kyle Hazelwood, provides the same MVP orthopedic care to our entire region. At Inland Orthopedics, our team is your team. We'll get to our interviews, and then we'll be back after they wrap up. First up, Chris Tormey, former Vandal head coach, former Vandal player, former Vandal assistant, reflecting back on his time at, in Moscow at the University of Idaho, and, of course, talking about his thoughts from this season as well, following along his alma mater. And then we will have our conversation with associate head coach for the Vandal men's basketball team, Brandon Laird. That's coming up. Here is our chat with Chris Tormey. Well, this is fantastic to chat with our next guest as we're kind of putting a bow on the Vandal football season. Uh, no one better to talk to than former Vandal head coach, former Vandal assistant coach, former Vandal player, Chris Tormey. And here we are, the 25th anniversary of that 1998 Bowl team. Uh, we'll get into that uh, coming up a-, a little bit, but I know, Coach, that you were able to, to follow things for the team this year. Uh, how many games were you able to be at uh, this season? Well, I was at two personally. I had a chance to drive down for the uh, Nevada game, uh, and that was a great, great victory for the for the Vandals. Man, it was a it was a dominating victory from start to finish. So I saw that game, and then uh, and then Mahmoud and the Vandals organized a get together for our uh, '98 uh, humanitarian bowl team, and that was a great weekend. We had a tremendous time and had a chance to see the Vandals get after Sacramento State. So. Yeah, no, it was, those were the two games I saw. I think I saw every game on TV, uh, but those were the only two I was able to make this year. Well, that is so special to have that 25th uh, anniversary this year. And we had a chance to do a, a kind of a roundtable with some of the guys on that team and hearing their stories uh, was such a special treat. What was it like getting back around those players and getting to uh, uh, swap memories for what was uh, not only a special, a historic season for Vandal football? Oh, it was fantastic. And I was just really pleased with the number of guys that showed up. I want to say we had, you know, 25 to 30, 30 players there, which was fantastic. And then Randy Hall was able to make it. Uh, so it was a great weekend. And, you know, the, some of the stories uh, were things that, you know, the head coach never even hears about. So those were uh, 25 years later revealed to me. And it was, uh, no, it was great. You know, okay. uh, at the time, they bought into what we were trying to do. They worked their butts off to make it happen. And, you know, they made the dream happen. And so it was just really good to be around them again. That was so much fun talking to those guys. And uh, worth kind of uh, bringing up here 25 years later, how going into that season, the expectations maybe externally weren't the same as they were internally for the team and what special things that squad was able to accomplish. Yeah, I think, well, I want to say we were ranked last, 117th out of 117 teams going into the season. And and at the end of the year, we just were out of the top 25. I want to say we were like 27th um, in the, in the, uh, um, in the, well, at the end of the year. So yeah, we did, we had some tremendous victories. Um, you know, certainly, you know, climbing the mountain and beating Boise State on the last, on the, uh, in the last game uh, of the regular season was huge and got us into the bowl game. And then our guys just found a way to win. Um, you know, similar to this year's team, we found a way to win in that in that uh, humanitarian bowl against Southern Miss. Not because we were necessarily the more physically talented team, but we just found ways. Guys believed and they bought in, and and uh, we found a way to be the team that might have been superior to us physically. Well, some of those guys that you were able to catch up with at the reunion, are these guys that you've been able to kind of keep in touch with over the years? Or for some of these players, is it the first time you, you've seen them in decades? Yeah, you know, I'm not a, I'm not really uh, what you'd call a foam guy. So I haven't, and I'm not, I'm not much on social media. You know, I check in now and then to kind of see what other people are up to. But so I really haven't stayed in touch with really in many of these guys at all over the last 25 years. So that was what was even more of a treat, you know, to run into guys like, uh, you know, John Welsh and all of them, really. I mean, uh, every one of the guys that were there, uh, uh, Jeff Franks has since hosted us down in 
Las Vegas for golf. And so it was just, it was just tremendous seeing the whole group that, you know, and each guy has his own individual story about what it means to be a vandal. And so I was trying to spend a little bit of one-on-one time with each guy and, and uh, kind of glean that, uh, whatever their take was on vandal on their careers of vandal. And uh, it was really gratifying for me. Well, that was the uh, the one game at home you were able to go to was that that reunion game against Sacramento State. But you were at that matchup as you talked about Idaho getting the dominant victory over Nevada. How unique was that for you? Uh, the two uh, programs you'd been a head coach for ended up clashing. What was that experience like from your point of view? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd closed on both of those sidelines, uh, on the visitor sideline and the home sideline, and you know, over a nine year period. And we had a tremendous win down there. I want to say in 90, uh, 99, we went down there and beat them down there uh, towards the end of the season. So they hadn't played in a while, and, you know, it was a huge, huge victory for the Vandals. I mean, for them to go in there against a Division One team uh, and beat them 33-6 to right from the start of the game, uh, and they were clearly the superior team that day. And it just made me feel so proud to be an Idaho Vandal. I had my gear on, my shirt. My vandal hat, and I was proud. I was a proud day for Chris Tormey, I can tell you that. Well, we love to hear that. And, uh, you know, Trent Callum, my broadcast partner, and I, we saw you down on the sideline, and we, we sort of kind of put two and two together that even though you had ties at both schools, that uh, those vandal ties run a little deeper in that day. It wasn't necessarily a 50-50 split. Is that fair that, uh, that uh, your heart was on the Idaho sideline that day? Yeah, that's more than my heart was 100% on the Idaho sideline. Well, how do you look back uh, your time as a player, your time as an assistant coach, and then your time as a head coach? How do you look back on uh, all those different special phases of your life and phases of your career uh, that uh, that were in Moscow and as part of the this Vandal football program? Wow, that's a that's a that's a great question. There's a, so I was in, in Idaho three different times as a player, as an assistant coach, and as a head coach, and each one in varying. Uh, Times in my life, you know, right out of high school, John Yarno and I decided that we were going to go together down in Idaho, and I never regretted it. And some great teammates down there that I still stay in touch with to this day. Some of my best friends are still, you know, some of my former teammates from Idaho uh, years. And John, I think, would tell you the same. Uh, you know, we and we, we played for a tremendous man in Ed Troxel, and he was just all about, you know, each one of us becoming the best player and person we could become. Uh, and so we had. You know, we have that experience of playing for Coach Troxel. Uh, didn't maybe go as well as we would have hoped at the end of the. Uh, we had one seven and four season, I think, uh, John's senior year. But then uh, after that, they let Coach Troxel go, and we all kind of went our separate ways. John went on to play for the Seahawks, and I got into coaching. Uh, and then all of a sudden, five years later, here I am back in Idaho with. So, uh, yeah, that was that was a, a tremendous time and a whole different phase. My first full-time coaching job with everybody on that staff, Dennis and Keith Gilbertson and John L. Smith and John McMahon and, you know, the whole group, Dan Cazetto, uh, Tim Lapano. It was a tremendous group of guys to be in a round and a, and, a, and a lot of energy, a lot of energy in that group. Uh, everybody was in the – Dennis was, I think, 35 when he took the job. So. Yeah, it was just a fun time to be around Idaho football, the resurgence uh, of Idaho football that had been dormant for a long time, and and uh, it was just fun to be part of that. So nine years, 11 years later, we're still answering the same question here, Chris. Uh, to come back as a head coach was a, was a tremendous honor. That was always one of my goals, uh, to become the head coach at the University of Idaho, and, and uh, Pete List gave me that opportunity, and and uh, we had some success while we were there. So, it, you know, I, I'm just an Idaho vandal through and through. I love the place just as much as uh, today as I did when I committed to go to Idaho in 1973. Well, that is a, a fantastic answer. That's a home run of an answer and certainly uh, plenty of success during your stretch as a head coach, 95 to 99, uh, leading the program to winning seasons in four of the five years, making the playoffs in 95. Of course, that historic bowl victory in 1998, no lack of success against Boise State, or State uh, during that stretch as well. And, uh, you know, here we are. This You, you mentioned the word resurgence, and it, it kind of feels like that's taken place right now. These last two years, 
Raiders under Jason Eck taking that first step last year. Year one with the new coaching staff making the playoffs. This year, the team making it all the way to the quarterfinals. Uh, how has it been for you uh, just following along and, again, those games that you've been able to attend, seeing what the program has been able to do these last couple of years? Well, oh, it's been really exciting. You know, and Coach Eck, I mean, I've got so much respect for him and Kimberly and the job that those guys are doing and building this program. Uh, and uh, he's tremendous coaching staff around him. Obviously, uh, he's gotten the players to buy in in this direction. And I think it's because, you know, he really and truly uh, has their best interests at heart. And I think that they believe that about him. And I think then that's the case, coaching the players will go. We'll run through a wall for you, but I mean, you've, you've seen that. You've seen them come together that way. You've seen the way they play for each other. Uh, you don't see a lot of, uh, uh, of me. Uh, this is me out there on the field. Guys trying to draw attention to themselves out of the team. I just don't see that kind of stuff, which tells you that um, the uh, program is really strong from a culture standpoint, which I, I believe. So, uh, yeah, no, and, you know, and when you've been down for as long as we have, you know, what, 20 years, we've had some spikes in there, some good seasons. But when you have something brand new that takes off uh, like this has under Coach Eck, it's just so exciting for everybody involved. And I'm just a fan now, so I'm, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of Coach Eck and the job that he's doing there. Well, that's fantastic. You and him are part of a small fraternity. I mean, there's certainly, we could go through those other outstanding names, but there, there's not many folks who can say and uh, uh, swap stories about being the head coach of the Vandal football program. Has it been fun uh, getting to know him and have some conversations with him? Yeah, and he's just so outgoing. I mean, and just so accessible. And, you know, I try to send him a text before games and, you know, he always responds. And then afterwards, uh, regardless, I try to trying to encourage him or uh, congratulate him. And he's been great about that. And then we've had a chance to get to know each other at the Vandal events, uh, a couple of them around the state, particularly the one up in Hayden Lake. Uh, and so I've gotten to, to get to know him and his wife really well um, at those two events. So, yeah, no, he just is our kind of guy. He's an Idaho Vandal. He's blue collar. He's hardworking. He's a former line coach. He's, he knows he gets hold of the ball. Uh, and, uh, you know, he bends over backwards for everything. I mean, he's just a complete guy. And we're so fortunate to have him. Well, that is very well said. And he kind of touched on before the, the energy around the program right now. Does it really make you swell with pride? Because you look at these playoff games and they can be a little tougher to, to get fans into. But the Montana game was sold out. The Montana State game was sold out. You were there for the Sac State game, which had a good turnout. Over 9,000 fans for these two playoff games. And it just feels like, hey, this is kind of scratching the surface on what things uh, could come uh, for these uh, next you know years into the future. Uh, does it really just kind of make you puff up with pride seeing uh, this uh, just kind of uh, vandal sense of excitement that there is around Moscow right now. Yeah, no question about that. And I, and I think it, I really believe if those two playoff games would have been, you know, noon kickoffs or one o'clock kickoffs, that those would have been sellouts too. It's just, it's, as you know, it's just so tough. Uh, you know, when you get a seven o'clock kickoff, if you live over a hundred miles away, it, <laughs> it's dicey getting home, especially this time of year. So. Uh, yeah, and no, I think what we've seen is going to continue. And, you know, back in the day when we were packing that place, uh, it was a tremendous home field advantage. And it, it appears that that home field advantage is coming back now. And that's going to help on the field and off the field because guess what? We're selling a lot of tickets and there's going to be a little bit of money in the more and the money in the program for recruiting and coaching salaries. So it's just, it's just all good. And we just need to make sure we keep it going that way. No doubt about it. And you talk about uh, that kind of momentum going forward. So Coach Eck right now is coaching staff. They, they get done with this this great two-year stretch last year in the playoffs, this year to the quarterfinals. What's it like as a coach as you're trying to build that momentum? What do you think they're going through right now to just say, okay, our season's done. We want to turn the page, get ready for next year, and have the opportunity to, to host playoff games again and to be in a position to make another run? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, you know, the, as soon as the season's over, I mean, it's a process, right? And so the, the recruiting is not going to start tomorrow. <laughs> recruiting is probably almost finished for this year, and they've got to get going on next year's recruiting. And they can leverage all this success. And so that's what I'm sure what they're talking about now. I'm sure the coach is going to sit down this week and talk to different coaches and probably visit with all the players before they go home for Christmas and, and 
uh, and reset the goals and values for next year. But what, what a great start. Oh my gosh. You know, two years into it, you'd have to say we're well on our way to being one of the best programs we in, in FCS. It's already exciting to think that uh, next year and the team has an opportunity to build on what has happened these last couple of years. And uh, uh, for you, Coach, where's home for you right now? And uh, uh, what keeps you busy these days? Uh, well, we live, up, live on Whidbey Island in Washington State. Uh, so we're, oh, as the crow flies, maybe 30 miles from Seattle, but it takes a couple hours to get here, which is sort of a good thing. <laughs> uh, you know, we're uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful location surrounded by water mountains and well, the life is great here. I'm playing a lot of golf and watching a lot of football and uh, just spending time with family. And, uh, yeah, so it's just enjoying the retired life. This is uh, year three coming up uh, in retirement for me this year. We're going to be spending a couple of months here in Hawaii in January and February. So just trying to uh, enjoy that side of it now that coaching is in the rearview mirror. That's fantastic. How did Whidbey Island uh, get on your radar as a spot to uh, to to end up with at this point? And I, I've been there, and Whidbey Island is it is gorgeous. The natural beauty is almost. Uh, uh, I mean, we've got some great spots here in the Northwest, and we're lucky to have so many great spots in Idaho. But Whidbey Island is certainly a, an outstanding spot to be. Uh, yeah, we we just do love it. I mean, Kelly's my wife's uh, had family up here in the past, and her family owned property up here. And, uh, you know, when I was coaching in the TFL, I just felt like we needed a home base, you know, because, uh, you know, it was just Kelly and I at that stage, and we uh, wanted to kind of have a retirement home. So we decided at that time just to, to sit down here. And, you know, the thing about coaching up in the TFL is that, you know, you're only doing it for six months of the year. So, yeah, I've had a, a chance to really get acclimated here and uh, just loving the lifestyle and don't have any plans to leave anytime soon. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I'm curious. I mean, you're obviously the success at Idaho, being the head coach at Nevada, your success on the staff at the University of Washington. We could kind of go on and on. And then as you talked about your time in the CFL, was there everywhere you were? Is there always somewhere that uh, the University of Idaho got brought up in a conversation at some point or you crossed paths with someone that uh, those vandal ties, uh, they're not too far away, no matter uh, what program you're with or, or wherever you're at in the football world? Yeah, that's. there's no question. I mean, some of the Former players, uh, you know, that played that uh, playing up in the field. I think of a, a young man named Grimes who played <laughs> defensive back, and, and I recruit actually recruited him out of West Seattle High School. Is playing up there, but there's a lot of, of former Vandals that go on to play up in the in the CFL, and uh, yeah. So I'm pretty much been a Northwest guy. I was I think it was at Washington, uh, 18 years as an assistant coach, and then uh, I think. 16 years altogether, Idaho, including my playing and coaching head coach time. So, yeah, I'm pretty much uh, a Northwest guy, I think you'd have to say. That's fantastic. Well, we really appreciate the time today. Just anything else we haven't touched on? we got Vandal fans listening in. I know they're excited to hear from you. Uh, uh, anything else to share with uh, with Vandal fans? Is it's, uh, it's just great to hear you, hear these stories, and to, to know things are going so well for you. Well, I just think that at this point, the, our job is pretty obvious. We got to keep Coach Heck around, so whatever that's going to take, and uh, you know, we need to do our part as Vandal uh, alums to step up and make sure that we have the resources to get that done. So, I would say go Vandals, and uh, let's make sure we keep Coach Heck. You might have closing remarks. Well said, uh, Coach. This has been a real treat. Thank you so much for the time today. And uh, it's uh, you know it's always tough when the season comes to an end, but this is uh, it's got me even more excited uh, for the start of the 2024 season. I know it's going to be a busy off season for the program, but uh, everyone gearing up for what should be another fun season that will be here before we know it. Again, we appreciate the time. Uh, uh, thanks so much, and look forward to catching up again down the road. Yeah, well, thanks, Chris. No vandals. Well, once again, what a neat conversation that was, and we appreciate Coach Tormey taking the time to chat. You can tell the love that he has for the University of Idaho. That is so cool to see, and the fact that he was able to take in a couple of games this year. Of course, that Nevada game, which had to be extra special for him, and then the 25th anniversary of the Humanitarian Bowl that took place uh, the Sac State game. Well, a reminder that the Vandal Insider Podcast is presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. As the Vandals team physician, orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Kyle Hazelwood cares for elite athletes, weekend warriors, and everyone in between. Let the team that takes care of the Vandals take care of you. 
Now here is our conversation with associate head coach for the University of Idaho men's basketball team, Brandon Laird. Well, excited to be joined here talking some Vandal hoops with the associate head coach of the University of Idaho men's basketball team, Brandon Laird. And Brandon, you're no stranger to come into the Palouse as an opposing coach. Here you are now a member of the Vandal coaching staff. We'll get into your background here in a moment. I just want to know how is uh, how's year one here in Moscow going for you? Year one's been awesome. Uh, family and I are, are loving the transition from Northern California to Moscow and being with Coach Prib and the coaching staff and the guys on the team. Uh, has been an uh, an incredible experience thus far. We've we've really really enjoyed it. It's been a nice change of scenery. And it's been good for me to spread my wings a little bit. You talk about Northern California. Like, I'm looking at your background. Most of, if not uh, a lot, tell me if I'm missing something. You've been a Northern California guy, so this is kind of your first time out of that region. Entire life in Northern California. Born and raised in Sacramento. Uh, played college ball at UC Davis. Uh, my big move previous to this was the six years in the Bay Area at Menlo College. So that was that was my big venture outside of Sacramento and, and that UC Davis region. So, uh, again, I've really enjoyed the, the move up here to the Palouse, and it's been refreshing for my family and I. And the family, uh, they're enjoying it. I know you've got a, you got a young one, right? So that's a, kind of a big part of the equation is making sure it's a good spot for the family, but everything's been great. Yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, my wife got a great job over at Washington State, which has been good. Um, my four-year-old. Nixon loves the basketball games. You see him run around on the court afterwards. And and for us, again, first time living in the snow. So um, having some snowball fight, fights has been fun. And, and uh, you know, putting on the warm clothes has, has, has been an adjustment for us. And, and learning how to handle and navigate the snow has, has all been part of this journey, which has made this really interesting. And like I said, a unique, fun experience for us. Well, we're only scratching the surface on that so far. <laughs> Maybe you haven't had it at home, but having spent a lot of years in the big sky, you've traveled to a number of places where you've dealt with snow. Correct. Yeah, but much different, especially coming here. You know, most of my experiences were over at the Best Western when we came up to Moscow. So getting out and being able to be a part of the community and and, um, seeing what a wonderful place this is, is, is such a different experience than traveling here as an opponent. Well, we'll get into the resume here, and this is the experience you bring to the Vandal coaching staff. You played for UC Davis, 97 to 2001, a member of the 1998 Division II National Championship team. You spent time, uh, a couple of different stints at your alma mater on the staff at UC Davis. You were the head coach at Menlo College from 2006 to 2009, and then Vandal fans, uh, familiar with your face on the uh, the other side of things when you were at Sacramento State, 11 seasons there. The bulk of that coming as the associate head coach for the team. Uh, but one full season two years ago as the interim head coach for Sac State. You were 2-1 and one against the Vandals as the interim head coach, including in the Big Sky Tournament as the Vandals season uh, came to an end that year. Uh, at the hands of you and your Sac State team, uh, you led the Hornets to double-digit wins. The team won five of the last seven games, So, and including that uh, Big Sky Tournament game to, to wrap up uh, the Vandals season. So uh, I'm going blue in the face just going through your resume. Uh, it must be exciting that uh, you have this experience in the Big Sky. You've been an opposing coach here in Moscow before for uh, take us through what you've seen of this situation that made it exciting for you to come in here and when you got that call from coach Pribble to say hey this is something I want to do yeah absolutely you know um, the 11 years in in the big sky I think has given me a a great perspective of uh, all the different universities Um, you know Moscow coming to Moscow and competing against uh, you know the Idaho Vandal teams all those years I was always really impressed even when we were playing at at the Kibbe Dome Um, Great crowd support. You could feel the tradition and history in the community. Um, during the interim year, uh, I believe it was year one in the ICCU, had the opportunity to come here and see what a beautiful setup this was, and always just felt like it was it was it was a gold mine. You know, I didn't understand um, all of the tradition and history and success until I got here, and I, I didn't understand the Vandal spirit until I got here. I didn't understand how important this was uh, to the community until I got here. Um, but I, I kind of had a sense of it coming in. I knew Coach Pribble was the right guy for the job. And when we'd had discussions um, about me joining the staff, I, I just felt like it was an awesome fit. I felt like with the uh, energy that Coach Pribble was going to bring in, uh, with the staff that he was putting together, with the ICCU arena, it really recruits itself, that I think this is a special place. I think this is a place where you can win championships. I think this is a place where you can really build something that the community uh, is is proud of. You can get uh, you can continue to build on the tradition and the history of the, of the program. Um, there's been some really really good teams here, dating all the way back to the months and years. Um, you know, there's been a lot of really really good coaches that have come here and had success. 
And, um, and again, I, I knew all of that coming in, but you don't really feel it until you get here. And, um, again, the community support has been awesome. Um, a really big believer again in, in our guys and what coach Pribble's building. I think the ICCU arena is a big jump off. And I think we have a chance to do something really special here moving forward. Well, and the results so far have been very strong. I know the Vandal fans have enjoyed seeing it. Those just last uh, couple of home games I'm thinking about, Pacific and Cal Poly, really decisive wins. And as we talk here today, fresh off of a really good road win over Utah Tech. That's a team that was 2-0 and in conference play, and the Vandals going on the road and getting that victory. And then uh, non-conference play wrapping up here soon, and we'll be into big sky action before we know it. Uh, for Coach Pribble, I know a big part of things when you're taking a job is, okay, who am I going to work with? Uh, that's such a huge factor in it. How far back do you and Alex Pribble go? Well, originally, it was, I, I think we've known of each other a long time. Like I said, when I was uh, coaching at Menlo College, Coach Pribble was probably starting at San Francisco State or jumping into San Francisco State right around that time. I think, you know, we're both Northern California guys. So there's, you know, it's a small world. I think we knew of each other. Uh, we really got to know each other pretty well, though, when he was at Eastern Washington and I was at Sac State. And he was part of those um, really, really good Eastern Washington teams. And, and we had some good battles in 2015. It was one of our better Sacramento State teams. Um, so that's when we got a chance to, to kind of know each other um, even a little bit more in depth. We kept in touch over the years. I followed him when he was at St. Martin's. I followed the success at Seattle. Um, you know, anytime we had a chance to uh, run into each other on the road. It was always really good conversations. You know, I, I think we have the same eye for players. And so a lot of times we were even recruiting the same guys at times. So during the summer events and a lot of those AU events or high school tournaments, we'd bump into each other, watching the same guys, uh, always enjoyed the conversations, always had a ton amount of respect for him. Um, you know, again, as a colleague in the business, I know we did things the right way, recruited uh, good, uh, hardworking, coachable, team-first guys, which was kind of the mold that we always tried to use at, at Sac State and Davis. And so there was a lot of really natural fits. And so um, going back over the years, like I said, I think we've known of each other a long time. I think our, our paths have paralleled and crossed in different ways. And, and so, again, when the opportunity came up um, for, for, uh, for me to join the, the Idaho staff, it was something where the conversations went really good. Initially with Coach Prib, I felt really um, I thought it was a good fit again, culturally for who I wanted to surround myself with. I, and, and again, I'm a, just a big believer that coach Prib is going to build a championship program here. And that was something that was important for me and something I wanted to be a part of. You mentioned sharing the same eye. So this is year one building that foundation, but we're seeing the, the results, uh, right away. And what's pretty intriguing about this roster. And it was coach Pribble who brought this up originally. Y you build this team. There's 12 newcomers this year, but only one player D'Lo menace who will be out of eligibility after this year. Can you speak to what it was like putting this roster together and you, you have all these exciting pieces and now you've had them together on the court, building that chemistry and seeing the results so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big part of this, right? We're a development based program. You know, I know there's a lot of different ways to be successful in college basketball now with the transfer portal and one year guys, but that was something that I, I think is, has been a, a strength of mine and my background is, is, developing guys over a two or three year period and continuity is really big. And I know it's the same for coach Pribble. So uh, we went into this with, um, I don't want to say a long-term plan, but, but really you've looked at a lot of the guys that we recruited. They're guys that are going to be here initially for at least a two or three year period. And so we knew that the development piece would be really big. Uh, we knew there was going to be some, some challenges here in year one in terms of teaching these guys and building that continuity and, and trying to learn on the fly in a lot of ways. Um, and, and we've had some good early season success, but we have a long way to go. But yeah, it, it goes back to um, it being really a, a year one, being a foundational process of building the culture, um, getting the guys comfortable with our core values, getting them to understand how we want to play offensively, how we want to play defensively, and then just getting in the gym and working and getting better every day. And anytime that we have some success, we learn from it. If there's some failures or some bumps in the road along the way or some adversity, we learn from it. And the group's just done a great job of buying in, absorbing all that and, and moving forward. And so, yeah, I mean, we're super excited for where we're at right now and what the rest of the season looks like. Um, and in year two, moving forward, um, 
is going to be something special as well, you know, with the bulk of these guys, uh, with the possibility of the bulk of these guys returning into year two and year three. So conference play will be here before we know it. Uh, last year, you were at UC Davis, but I know you, you kept an eye on things in the big sky. And then mm-hmm. before that, a decade plus uh, uh, living and breathing the big sky conference. What's your view on the big sky this year? And how much noise can the Vandals make once conference play arrives? Yeah, I've always been a fan of the Big Sky. You know, I think there's some unique challenges in the Big Sky. It's a little bit different than the Big West and the WCC and the WAC um, in terms of the travel uh, is is something uh, that that poses some difficulties as we move into January, February. Um, there's always really, really good coaches in the Big Sky, and not just good coaches, but there's different styles of play, and I, and I think that's something that comes up as well. Um, and so, looking at this, you know. Right now, you, you see Weber, you see Eastern, you know Montana's always going to be there. But collectively, I think the big sky's at a point where it's as good as it's ever been, you know, from top to bottom. So there's a ton of challenges moving forward. We like where we're at, and uh, we'll be ready to rock and roll here come December 28th when Big Sky Play starts. For the Vandals, again, this strong stretch, winning three of our three straight for the last five. What's it going to take? And, uh, you know, Stanford's coming up. You see Riverside will be that last kind of non-conference game that you think of. But then there's the St. Thomas game not too far after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, back at home, that stretch against Sac State to, to start conference play. What's going to take to continue building on that? What's allowed the team to have this success? And uh, uh, what's going to have to continue to make it uh, impressive results? Keep rolling. Yeah, well, number one, we we got to keep a chip on our shoulder. You know, we do have to remember we were picked 10th in the big sky to start, um, I believe, in, in the Ken Palm ratings, which is one of the one of the big ones that, that teams use. We were, I believe, 359th. So start at the start of the year, I don't think anyone knew who we were. Um, and, and that's some, that's a constant reminder for our guys is, uh, you know, past success isn't an indicator of future success. So, again, whether we win or lose, it's the same process for us. It's back back to back to practice, back to film, and finding a way if we can get a little bit better. So, you know, Stanford's going to be a huge challenge this Sunday. They're big, they're strong, big Pac-12 team. Um, it's another test and another opportunity for us to see if we can bring that chip on our shoulder into the game, if we can keep them off the boards, if we can execute against a team that's a little bit, maybe a little bit bigger, a little bit longer, a little bit stronger than us. Uh, Riverside, you know, I was in the Big West last year. Coach McPyle does a really, really great job down there. It's, so these next two games moving into Christmas will just be – um, another opportunity for us to get on the road together, um, uh, to learn and grow. But really, I, I think for us, the Utah Tech game was such a, a big one for us because that was probably the best simulation of what Big Sky play is going to be like. Um, hard travel on Friday. You know, we left here at 9 a.m. We didn't get into St. George until 7 p.m. Um, we're on the, you know, we're in a plane, we're on a bus, we get there, we practice late. Um, you know, you're playing in front of, 2,500 people in a hostile environment. Um, some calls don't go your way. There's adversity, and you just got to find a way. And Coach Pripp said this, you know, after the game, it's not going to be pretty all the time, but you got to find a way to to get it done. And we're really proud of our guys for again handling the adversity and and handling a lot of those elements and and overcoming those. And and that's going to be something that we can refer back to when we get into Big Sky play. That's not going to be any different than traveling to Northern Colorado or Northern Arizona or some of these other places. So um, that was. That was, you know, I know we played well at the homestand. You know, the UOP and Cal Poly games were were games where we were pretty sharp and crisp and we jumped out to big leads. But, you know, that Utah Tech game is probably a better indicator of what big guy play is going to be like, especially when we get on the road. You touch on the Ken Palm ratings. I believe it's 314 now, the last I checked, where the Vandals are at. So a lot of movement up there. And uh, as you said, the the success uh, definitely uh, getting some notice, especially whatever the, the exact formula is for Ken Palm. Sure. But it is uh, it is climbing up there. Yeah. Uh, for the Vandals, and with that, we're talking about your your past history in the Big Sky and at Sac State. There's some good battles. I'm even thinking the year that you were the interim head coach for Sac State. The game here in Moscow was one heck of a battle. Uh, who are those toughest Vandal players? When you think back of going up against Idaho the last decade ish, who are the guys that made life hard as an opposing coach to to face? Well, Victor Sanders is the first one that jumps to mind. <laughs> yeah, uh, really, you know, tough physical guard. That team though was really good. I think you know Perry and Calandred and Victor Sanders and um, you know the big fellas inside were good. They were just deep. They were physical. They were strong. They were well coached by Coach Furland. Those guys were were just they were they were tough. Those are the first guys that jumped to mind. Even before that, and I'm I'm drawing a blank on the name. Um, you know it's it's funny because I I remember those were all my scouts, and so I just remember them by numbers. 
Maybe maybe caught Connor Mike Hill. Scott, Mike Scott, Connor Hill. Those Connor are the names Hill. I was thinking of. Connor kind of Hill was a great shooter. They run the little pin down action for him. We can never guard it. But uh, Mike Scott, Connor Hill, um, and, and those guys. Uh, Arcady was tough. I mean, um, just a ton of respect for all those guys. A ton of respect for coming here and battle, battling all those guys. And like I said, I remember the numbers. And I can see their faces, but putting a name on them over the eleven year period. Uh, my mind is my mind is going a little bit blank on some of those, but. Um, just to, like I said, man, they, we had some really, really good battles over the years. And again, coming in here year one, um, uh, I think we went to overtime that game. They, they got us in overtime um, and we made some adjustments as the year went on and, and had a chance at them a couple times later. But um, it was just always a hard place to play. You know, again, it's hard travel getting here. You're in the snow. You're dealing with elements. There's always a good home crowd here. There's always, um, you, you know, again, you're, you're not just playing the team, but you're playing the tradition and the history of Idaho Vandal basketball. And, and, and that's something that, um, is another element that you have to overcome. There's the history, there's the tradition. When you were at Sacramento state, wherever you're at, you're probably, you're playing to your strengths. You have different things that you're selling at Sac state. I would imagine, Hey, for someone who likes the big city environment and, uh, uh, being there in Sacramento, that's a plus. Maybe facility, the nest is a little bit harder of a sell. Mm -hmm. Here in Moscow, the facility, I'm not sure, I would say in the big sky, no one has anything comparable. That's no offense to Portland State. They have a newer facility, mm -hmm. but uh, this is uh, this feels unmatched uh, when you're here at the ICCU Arena. What is this like as a selling point when you're talking to recruits, not only an excellent coaching staff, their tradition, the history, mm -hmm. but there's the facility is the cherry on top. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't just say the big sky, right? So as I've had um, three years in the big West. And so for me now, 23 years of coaching on the West coast. So I've been to most places in the West coast conference. I've been to all the places in the big West and the big sky and, and the WAC and some of these other places. Um, in my opinion, I, I think this is the nicest mid-major facility on the, on the West coast. I, I, the size is ideal. Um, the practice court, Behind the arena is, is a nice addition. The locker rooms are beautiful, but all the nice touches. I mean, I, they just really, really did it right here. The old court on the locker room and on the locker room ceiling, the offices overlooking the arena. Um, and that's important, not just from the aesthetics, but it's important from the functional point of view is, is the guys are always here, right? They're in the locker room. They're shooting on the practice court. They're coming by the office to get films. Um, it's a place that they want to be. It's a place they walk into and they feel good about. And they feel good about coming in here and, and working. Uh, there's a sense of gratitude for how nice it is. Um, and for us, it's very functional in terms of getting our work done. And not just our work, but extra work. That is a great way to put it. I'm thinking back to the Cal Poly game when it happened to be the same day as football. So maybe a lot of other people coming into town. And uh, we've had some good crowds here since the ICCU arena has been open. And I'm excited to see that build upon, especially when you get into conference play and some of those, you know, rivalry games against Montana, Eastern Washington, Idaho State. Uh, for you in the Cal Poly game, they had the bleachers pushed out. Could you feel that that extra juice, that extra energy from the crowd that day? Yeah, not only that day, but it was the night before when the bleachers went out. And uh, I know for a lot of us, myself included, that was the first time that we got to see the whole arena in all of its glory, you know, with the bleachers put out because it gives you a whole different perspective of of what that could be like. And and it's something that our guys have talked a lot about. We want to protect home court. You know, we want to make this the hardest place to play in the big sky. We want to fill not only the lower bowl, but we want to fill the up those upper stands as well. Um, and again, you you have an awesome band here. Uh, you get the band in the arena. Uh, the acoustics are great. It gets really loud here. It's hard to hear when you're down on the court. I remember that when I was competing against Coach Kloss's team the year I was here. The game we went into overtime. You have the band and the vandalizers right next to the visiting bench. That could be a very intimidating and hard thing to deal with as an opponent. Um, and so, again, for all the vandalizers out there and, and for the band that helps out and, and uh, you know, the cheer team and the dance team and, and all the vandal fans, like, this needs to be the hardest place to play in the big sky. And again, seeing a, a small dose of that against Cal Poly that day um, energized our guys. It energized uh, the entire program. And it gave us, again, a small perspective of what this could be moving forward. And the next time that the fans will have a chance to be out here, December 28th, the conference opener against Sac State, December 30th against Portland State. The exciting thing is December 28th, even though the, some of the students might be out of town, they might be on break, great opportunity for the local community to come out, any of the students Absolutely. in the area. Uh, that's the first straight of four at home. So a chance uh, for fans to cheer on the team, four straight at home, uh, three of those being Big Sky games. Brandon, it's been great catching up with you. Fantastic to have you here on the Palooza. 
Tuscaloosa and part of the Vandal coaching staff. Uh, anything else before we kind of sign off here? Anything else for fans listening in? No, well, thank you, Chris. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, just to said a, a lot of gratitude and and um, just blessed for the opportunity to be here, uh, to be with Coach Pribble, uh, great administrative support. Um, I think this is um, an awesome time to be a Vandal with the success that um, the whole athletic department has had over recent years and the success that football's had. You know, like our guys see that. You know, they see what football's done. Um, they had a small taste against Cal Poly of, of – what this could be like when you get a couple thousand people in the arena and uh, for the local uh, Vandal community, that's kind of maybe waiting to see what our basketball team is going to look like under coach Pribble. I think hopefully they had a small taste of number one, our guys are going to compete really hard. You know, they're going to, they're going to fight. They're going to scrap. They're going to play as a team. Um, we always say, you know, like uh, fans when they watch this play should be jumping out of their seats because they're energized by the way we play, whether we're diving on the floor for a loose ball or juice is running to the rim for a lob, or you see the bench energy. We want our Vandal fans to want to be a part of that and to, to draw excitement from, from how we play. And coming back December 28th and December 30th against Sac State and Portland State, um, you know, even though school's out, it's, it's an awesome opportunity for uh, the kids who are out of school to come over and watch and be a part of that for the Vandal community to be a part of that and 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 ultimately for us to start off Big Sky Play two and zero would be uh, would be an awesome start. Can't wait, Brandon. We appreciate the time. Thanks so much. And uh, hey, I'll see you there uh, coming up for the game in Palo Alto against right. Stanford. Let's do it. Sounds good. Thanks, Chris. Well, that was fantastic to be able to sit down and chat with Brandon Lair, the associate head coach for the Vandal men's basketball team, brings a ton of experience here to Moscow, and that's a fantastic staff overall that Coach Pribble has put together. So as opposed to going up against Coach Laird, it's great that he's now on the Vandal sideline uh, helping out the University of Idaho program. A lot of success so far in year one under Coach Pribble, and we aren't even a conference play yet, and some still some uh, exciting non-conference games uh, still to go. Well, a reminder, the Vandal Insider podcast is presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. When he's not caring for the Vandals, his team physician, orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Kyle Hazelwood, provides the same MVP orthopedic care to our entire region. At Inland Orthopedics, our team is your team. Well, back here with Chris Hammond. And Chris, we kind of talked about the end of the football season. Obviously, there's a notable news with some transfers out. Uh, the transfers, the ones uh, announcing they're entering the transfer portal, starting quarterback Giovanni McCoy, uh, running back Anthony Woods, uh, cornerback Marcus Harris, and then Therese Trainer. Obviously, that can that can always change. Uh, uh, here we are talking as we record this. So uh, by the time folks listen, there there could be more names. Who knows? But uh, it seems like once the season ends for teams, that's when uh, some moving and shaking starts to happen. I guess the big thing would be. A uh, big thank you to those guys because they all have been impact players in their own right during their time at the University of Idaho. Um, be interesting to see where the careers go from here uh, and where they end up. But that being said, uh, this staff has done a phenomenal job of building depth and having guys in the pipeline ready to go. I don't think there's a better example of that than what we saw against Idaho State not only last year, but this year, the job that Jack Lane did. Uh, Jack Lane coming in and in the first half against Idaho State, tying the Vandals' single-game record in just the first half for passing touchdowns with six. So, you know, as we sit here today, uh, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but presumably Jack would be uh, the leader in the clubhouse to step in and take over for Giovanni McCoy. And exciting to see what he could do. He's someone every time that had the opportunity to talk to the coaching staff about him, or sometimes they've even proactively have brought it up, raving about his IQ, his brother Dylan Lane, a linebacker for the team. So, you know, the only constant in life is change. Uh, this coaching staff, uh, certainly aware of the landscape of college sports right now, that, that guys can move on. And it's just a different world out there where there's NIL money potentially for folks. Uh, to what degree? I don't know. I would be talking without great knowledge of saying to what degree, but obviously when that has the potential to be dangled, uh, that is something that gets people's attention. But I think no matter what, when you have success in any way, shape, or form, people are going to be looking to your guys. But I think this staff has been preparing, having folks uh, ready to go. We talked about how this is uh, uh, the youngest team of those final eight uh, among the playoffs. And we've seen guys, so we talk about Jack Lane, 
Well, Anthony Woods, this staff, you know, got, kind of got hired late in the recruiting process. So it wasn't a full recruiting cycle for this staff. They went out and found an Anthony Woods and he came in and became a freshman All-American and had an outstanding sophomore year. So you can't just necessarily snap your fingers and, and get guys those good. But this staff has shown a phenomenal job of being able to find talent, bring them in and help them have an impact. I also want to praise this staff. You know, you take over and Giovanni McCoy, I don't think anyone would have pegged him necessarily as the leader in the clubhouse to be the starter once Jason Eck and staff took over. Uh, but credit on the offensive side of the ball to Jason Eck, Luke Schleisner, and so many other members on the defensive side of the ball, Rob Orich, when we talk about Marcus Harris and others. But this staff is, has developed guys, and these coaches have a track record of developing guys who go on to the NFL. And even though there might be some guys here now leaving the University of Idaho, there is one heck of a track record for guys going to the University of Idaho, staying here and having success, and going on to the NFL, and not only staying in the NFL, having an impact in the NFL, making good money in the NFL. We can just look at Caden Ellis recently on what he was able to do, not only that long list of guys. So, you know, as I said, the only constant is change, and this staff has done such a great job of finding guys, whether they're overlooked players who are high school recruits, whether they're guys in the transfer portal. The transfer portal works works both ways, that Idaho has certainly benefited from the transfer portal. So, uh, it just goes into the off season, and uh, you know every year is going to look a little different. And uh, I know this staff will be um, chomping at the bit, ready to go. Uh, you know, with maybe some newer faces and a whole heck of a lot of returners as well for next season. Yeah, you're right. It's it's sad to see those guys leave, but you know they're doing it for a multitude of different reasons. I don't think any of us will fully understand it, but I don't think every situation is exactly the same. So you just got to appreciate the time they gave us, appreciate the moments, appreciate. As I said in our last little segment, the steps they were able to help this program take. Giovanni McQuay, great example. When he was getting his first starts, this team was not good. He was getting beat up by Montana and I believe Eastern Washington. And then a year later, he comes in as basically the third string guy behind Jabori Gibbs and CJ Jordan and is able to win that job throughout spring and summer. So, you know, I have faith that some of the people that Eck and their team have been able to bring in are going to take those steps forward. You mentioned Jack Lane has shown in his two starts uh, the ability to probably step in and have minimal, if any, drop-off uh, to McCoy. And that's more of an attest- a testament to Jack Lane than it is anything against uh, Vonnie, because Vonnie was such a dynamic athlete for us. And, and they are high at a lot of players at certain positions. You see that with how many freshmen and sophomores we were able to start or give significant playing time to this year. And we've mentioned it. We have a lot of players that weren't playing this year for reasons, whether it be injury or otherwise, that uh, should be eligible next year that I, I don't expect much drop-off in many of these positions that uh, we we might have had some people leave at. No doubt about it. And while there might be uh, some some younger names that haven't seen as much time yet or just been getting their feet wet or newcomers, uh, I think the, the expectation, the goals have been clear from Kocek and his staff to be competing uh, for a Big Sky title to, again, be uh, a squad that's uh, ranked in the top 25 and hoping to get that uh, ranking as high as possible, obviously, when it matters most. Um, but, uh, you know, he talked about the fact that, you know, plan on, on hosting more playoff games. And uh, this is a staff that has has done it before. They have experience. What they've done here in two years is remarkable. And so um excited for them to be able to... uh I'd say go to work, but they have been working hard. What is it? You talk about a duck that, you know, it seems calm on the top of the water, but the legs are churning underneath. You know, I know recruiting, this staff has done such a great job in the two years, and a lot of those seeds that get planted aren't necessarily, you know, guys who you you sign immediately. These are guys that you're you're building relationships with. It was interesting talking with Coach Eck on the Coach's Show last week about X-Ray Alexander and just how that situation worked out, how he originally signed at Arizona State. Idaho had been recruiting him, and then things at Arizona State changed when Herm Edwards got let go, and the Vandals were right there saying, hey, we would love to have you. He was so familiar with the staff, and that has been just a smashing success. So uh, uh, these guys for two years have been uh, building relationships and spreading the Vandal word, and uh, they'll get to continue to do that more and more. And Boy, spring ball will be here soon, and the start of uh, the football season there, late August at Autzen Stadium in Eugene, will be here before we know it. Well, with that, holidays coming up. Uh, we might not have a podcast every single week. Uh, we'll kind of feel it out as we go along, but we're going to have podcasts talking about Vandal Hoops 
coming up. A lot to discuss when it comes to Vandal Hoops. Conference play getting going on December 28th. Excited for these uh, final handful of non-conference games. And uh, what a special time it is. Uh, I feel really grateful the fact that, uh, you know, you look at the records. Vandal football had a winning record this year, making the playoffs, making the quarterfinals. As we talk today, Vandal basketball has a winning record for the Vandal women's basketball team. Well, their their last matchup was against the University of Oregon. So uh, obviously a challenging game there. With that loss, they're put at 500 on the season. So uh, first-year coach, tough games at Oregon, at the University of Hawaii for those two games, playing Hawaii in one, Cal State Fullerton in the other. And with that, you have a 500 record. So so much to be grateful for uh, when it comes to a lot of Vandal success. And uh, what is on tap next is a lot of hoops, and I can't wait for it. So, Chris, we appreciate it. It's been fun chatting here every week for football. We'll be, you know, uh, the schedule will be a little different kind of moving forward just because of uh, the holidays coming up and before we really kick it into gear with hoops. But uh, what a season it was for football, and uh, we got a lot a lot still to come here uh, during this uh, school season, this 2023-2024 school season. Yeah, uh, so much to look forward to. I can't wait to see how these hoops teams continue to grow. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'll just do my one shameless plug here. Touch base with your accountants and your financial advisors before the holidays get roaring. See if you've got some room, if it makes sense to make an an annual gift to the Vandal Scholarship Fund and help us keep taking these steps forward. We're we're about 40-ish percent funded last year. We'd like to make a huge step in that. So, you know, if you want to do the Vandals a favor, just send your accountant a quick email or text before the holidays and see if uh, you've got any expendable income you could be giving back to the Vandals. Yes, and uh, all that support uh, makes a big difference as uh, we see these teams have success on the field and uh, continuing to support them in every way on the field, on the hardwood, uh, uh, on the pitch for the soccer team this year. Uh, you know, I'm just thinking it's the, you know, December, you think back at the end of the year, the start of the new year, and there's been a lot to be thankful for uh, in Vandal Athletics. Chris, we appreciate it. We'll chat soon again for Chris Hammond, our guest, Chris Tormey, and also Brandon Laird. I'm Chris King signing off. And this has been the Vandal Insider Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll chat soon. These up. This has been the Vandal Insider Podcast, presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. Let the team that takes care of the Vandals take care of you. Get the latest information on University of Idaho athletics you won't find anywhere else with the Vandal Insider Podcast. From in-depth conversations to game previews, the Vandal Insider is every fan's source for all things Idaho athletics. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.